Welcome to Torah Talks. We have tonight with us a very, very dear friend, Rabbi Baruch Bodenheim from Pesach. Welcome, Rabbi, to the program. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Mayor of. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing better because I finally met you in person, or at least <laughs> quasi-person, virtually. Virtually. Okay, Mr. Shem, we're going to meet each other in person. But uh, it's a great to have the rabbi on the program. We've heard so much great uh, things about the rabbi and his yeshiva and uh, his uh, shiurim. And tonight we're going to be uh, jumping into the topic of the spirit of Shabbat, of Shabbos. But before we actually uh, delve into tonight's exciting topic, Rabbi, maybe please give our listeners, our audience, a little bit of background about yourself and the great work you're involved with. My pleasure. I learned in yeshivas near Yaakov for two years. Then I went to the Mir Yeshiva. I was there for close to 10 years and uh, lived in Eretz Yisrael as a bacher, married close to 11 years. And um, when I was looking to come back to the States, so my father-in-law, Rabbi Shlomo Singer from Passaic, he heard I was looking and I really had no interest in moving to Passaic, I can tell you honestly. Um, just was, I was looking at Chicago, Phoenix, I had friends who were starting Colum, different places. So, I, And then uh, he said, you got to come, you got a great deal for you here, we got it's a yeshiva, we're building it up, it's for working men. It's for women, it's for children, it's their family, and uh, we give them real learning, and we take care of them, and we raise them, and we, and it sounded interesting. I went to my reshiva, Ramnus and Sri Finkel, I sat down with him and my wife, uh-huh. and uh, it wasn't the first time we sat down together, and we listened to the different sides and opportunities, and uh, he said, go for it, wow. it's a good opportunity, you should take it. So, here I am. That's uh, 17 years ago, and um, we've been building since. Amazing. Yagdil Torah, Yagdil, continue building Torah, continue spreading the light. And uh, Rabbi, like we mentioned, uh, tonight's topic, we're going to be discussing the spirit of Shabbos, of Shabbat. Uh, we know the importance of Shabbat, and it is the source of all blessing, Kihim, Ikar, Bracha. There are the written laws of Shabbat, but there's also the spirit of Shabbos, of Shabbat. How would you define the spirit of Shabbos, Rabbi? The spirit of Shabbos is the unspoken part of Shabbos. Ah. It's the Shabbos experience that really touches deep to the core of the individual. It's the part of a person that really connects to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the spirit of Shabbos. The unspoken part of Shabbos that we're really missing. Um, we can elaborate on that. <laughs> Rabbi, there's there's uh, there's uh, there's a lot to discuss, but uh, it's your call, Rabbi. Yeah. Well, I tell you, what got me started on the spirit of Shabbos is I did two series of uh, daily two minute video clips, one on uh, Bitachon, and we finished Shar Bitachon from Chos Avavos. Then we went to Tfila, Sharon Bitfila. And they was all aired on Torah Anytime. You can look them up. They're archived there. And we finished Sha'ar Bitfila on Tfila from Shushan Pincus. Wow. And I was looking for another topic. I said, I want to do something that I want to get more meaning out of. We live through life. We live Torah, mitzvahs. And if we just do it as a practice and we don't connect to what we're doing, sometimes we feel we're being robbed. We're cheating ourselves. I said, I'm showing my Shabbos. I keep Shabbos. But like, do I really feel Shabbos? Yeah, I do. I don't. I said, I want to learn more about it. 
And therefore, I decided that we're going to spend some time learning and uh, giving shurim about it. So I chose this topic, the spirit of Shabbos. And I can tell you personally, it enhanced my Shabbos. And I hope for the listeners who started listening with the spirit of Shabbos, who started a couple of weeks ago, it enhanced their Shabbos. And it's a learning experience. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. That's really exciting. That's, that's very important. And uh, Rabbi, what would you say, what is the most uh, common misconception about the topic of the spirit of Shabbat? Of I Shabbat? love that question. I love that question. I think the most common misconception is menucha. People associate Shabbos with rest. So some people like to go, <laughs> go comatose in Shabbos. They come Shabbos, I work, I know a guy, he works the entire week. He stays up to three in the morning. He gets up at seven. He's working day in, day out, all hours. And as I come to Shabbos, he can barely keep his head up at the table at the meal. Literally, his wife's like kicking him. His head's falling into the chicken ball soup. And then, uh, and then he just passes out. Gets his, so people think, oh, it's a rest. I relax. Shabbos, it's easy. It's menucha. Is that really what it is? Is that what they mean by menucha? Just to like lie on your couch, bask in the sun like the dog next to you. You have a pet dog. So it's just... Like some people think sleeping the whole shop is oh, Manucha, I, I rested. That's what it's yes. So, yes, there's an acronym Shabbat, Shino Shabbos Tainug. As brought in Chazal, sleeping on Shabbos is a delight. Okay, there is an element of sleeping, but we have to know what is the Manucha? What is really Manucha? Manucha's Avon, Dova, Manucha's MS, Manucha. It says in Tfilah, in the third prayer in the Mincha on, on Shabbos, Menucha of Ava, rest of love, Menucha's Emes, Menucha of truth and, and, uh, and, and belief. Ah, it goes on and on, different descriptions of Menucha. So there's different elements of Menucha of the rest. What is this rest that we're experiencing? That doesn't mean to be comatose on the couch for four hours Shabbos afternoon. Good question, good question. So... I think we need to fill that, re, dispel that misconception of Manucha of just conking out over Shabbos. So what is it? What is it really? There's a lot to it. Um, I'll tell you one thing that made a big impression on me. Most people know that the Chazal tell us we get a Neshama Yisera, we get an extra Neshama on Shabbos. Right. Where is that learned from? It's learned from a Apostle. We say it in Kiddush. Hashem rested. And the Gemara has learned out Vai of the Nefesh. Vai Nefesh is an acronym, or it's really it's a combination of three words. Vai is Vai, woe. Of the, we lost Nefesh. You lost your Neshama. You lost the Nefesh. So we learn from there that when Shabbos leaves, you lose that extra Nefesh, you lose an extra Neshama, an extra soul. So you see from there that you get an extra neshama for Shabbos. It always bothered me. Why do we learn that understanding from the be- at the beginning of Shabbos? Vayinafah, I should talk about, oh, at the Shabbos' end, we lost our neshama. We're talking about the beginning of Shabbos. Hashem rested on the seventh day. Vayinafah, Hashem rested. And that tells us that when Shabbos is over, you're going to lose that neshama that you gained at Shabbos. You should be talking about the beginning of Shabbos. Enough, I should say, Shabbos starts, you get a new neshama. You get an extra neshama. You don't tell me at the beginning of Shabbos, you should know that when Shabbos ends, you lost a neshama. Very good, odd. Question, good question. 
So I heard an answer from a, a doctor, Akiva Tetz. I once attended to share him and he asked his question and I was so excited he gave an answer to this. I remember growing up, they used to have these shopping sprees. They used to give out these shopping sprees. You win, you get a half an hour or an hour in the store, go to the, the, any, the electronic store and you can get anything you want. You have a half an hour, you can fill your card. As long as you can fill your card in half an hour, you take whatever you fill. Right. So that's the analogy for Vayinafash. At the beginning of Shabbos, Chazal is telling you that you're getting an Nishama Seira at the beginning of Shabbos, but you got to know in 25 hours, you're going to lose that Nishama Seira. The clock is ticking. So you know when you're going into that store with that shopping spree, you're ready, if you're smart, planned out. Oh, I know where they're keeping the good stuff. I know where they're keeping the AirPods. I know where they're keeping the iPads. I know where they're keeping the big plasma screen TV so I can play the next Chazak Shiura on my thing, and I can put a whole live stream. I'm getting all the equipment for a live stream. Chazak Shiurim. I'm going to go in and get it for them. You know where to plan it out, and you know what you're going to get. Because you know your time is limited. So you, when Shabbos starts, Vayinofash, the message you're telling us, you're getting it in Shami Yaseira, but you only have it. It's on loan for 25 hours. You're going to return it in 25 hours. What do you want to get for it? Take advantage of the moment. Wow. Yeah. I like I'll tell you a story of my Rosh Hashiva, Nassim Sweet Finkel. Um, he had a chavrusas around the clock. He had chavrusas, so he had a chavrusa on Shabbos afternoon. After the Shabbos meal, he had a chavrusa at two in the afternoon. And it was an avrit, and he would come and learn with the Rashiva, and he would get tired, and his he's fighting to keep his eyes open. And he turns to Rashiva one day, and he says, Rashiva, if you if you don't mind, I don't want to be disrespectful. Rashiva, you're not well. You have severe Parkinson's. And you come and you learn right after the meal. We learn together. You don't put your head down. You're not sleeping at all. I'm trying. I'm a healthy young guy. I'm trying to keep my eyes open. How, how do you do it? I, I, I'm trying to fight that. And I'm falling asleep. He said, let's call him Yankee. Yankee, my dear friend. Said, I'll tell you what. What gets me going is I know that when Shabbos is over, my neshama, you say, was going back to Shemayim. And they're going to ask, what did you do? <laughs> did you, you drink Coke? You drank Fanta, you ate Cholent, you ate Herring, and I come back and I'm going to report all I did was I ate Cholent and Herring, so I want to make sure that it comes back with a good report and says, <sighs> accomplish what it needs to do. Wow, that's, that's, that's powerful, powerful. We have the short amount of time, 24, 25 hours of Shabbat. We have this extra neshama. How are we going to spend our time? And obviously, like the rabbi said, Sleeping and snoozing the whole time is not the right thing to do. But like you said, a little bit, you know, Shabbat, Shenabi Shabbat Tanug, it's okay uh, to do a little bit of that. Amazing, amazing, very inspiring. So, 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 Rabbi, we're we're usually associated to being Shomer Shabbos as be, keeping the written laws of Shabbos, but we know that there's even a higher level of being Shomer Shabbos in, in the sense that you anticipate Shabbos, you anticipate for the Shabbat to come. How can we elevate our spirit of Shabbat so that Shabbos won't just come, but we look forward to it? Like there's an excitement, like ah, oh, you know. That's a great question. If you really want to build up anticipation, excitement in any topic. Number one is you got to learn about it. You got to learn about it. When you spend time, even minimal, small amount of time learning about it, you start connecting to it. Rishro Solange is the one who really says this. He says, you want to you want to connect to something, you learn about that topic. Chavis Chaim in the laws of Allah, that's what he did. 
That was ingenious of the Chavetz Chaim with the Halachas Lashonara. People connect to the laws, and he says in the Hakdam in the introduction, the more you review it and review it constantly, is because then you'll be on your radar. So if you learn about what Shabbos really means, and you can even learn about the Halachas of Shabbos, the laws of Shabbos, even without learning more about the spirit of Shabbos, because once you start learning about it, you start connecting to the mitzvah. You learn about Shabbos, you connect to Shabbos. That's one element. And uh, I have my uh, short video clip every day, Monday to Thursday, two minutes on the spirit of Shabbos. You can tune on that. It's on Tar anytime. It's a WhatsApp chat, it's email, any way you like it. But you can always access to Tar anytime. The other element of prepare of anticipating Shabbos is really preparing for Shabbos. Hachana. When you prepare for something, then it builds up excitement. My wife, she, she grew up, her, her mother and her grandmother used to set the table for Shabbos Thursday night. Oh, wow. Thursday night, the table was entirely set. Beautiful Shabbos tablecloth with all the settings, the plates, the forks, the knives, the, the glasses, the napkins was all on the, were all on the table. You enter the house Thursday night, you already know Shabbos is coming. You're feeling it. It's in the air. You see it. You bring it into your life. The t- candles are set up. It's, it's, it's the Gemara talks about. It. You see something, you buy it for Shabbos. If you, it's on your mind, you're preparing it for Shabbos. And it's really a fulfillment that we spoke about in the Parshas Yisro just two weeks ago. Zohar is Yom HaShabbos. Zohar, how do you remember? Remember Shabbos. Rashi brings down. He actually brings down the opinion of Beis Shammai. There's a machlok is Shammai and Hillel. If you see something good on Sunday, should you purchase it for Shabbos? So you can purchase today and say, say Sunday. Thursday, I'm going to go to the store. I'm my Shabbat Kniot. I'll buy what I need for Shabbos. Shammai says, buy today for Shabbos. Hillel says, buy today for today and Monday for Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, you buy for Shabbos. So why is Rashi bring down Shammai? We always pass him like Beis Hillel. So you see, I think Rabbi Tzio Solomon says this. You see, he should be, he should be well. You see from here that when you base Hillel, Hillel agrees to Shammai in this aspect. In mm-hmm. essence, you should purchase everything, even during the week. Think about what am I going to get for Shabbos? What special food am I going to get for Shabbos? I see something, this is going to be special. Do it. Do you have to? You might not have to, but you should. It'll great anticipation and excitement. And it'll bring you more closer to what the Shabbos is about. Amazing, amazing. Anticipating Shabbos. Rabbi, uh, to add to that, uh, how about for the children? I know by our house, we created a concept called, not created a concept, it's been out there, the Shabbat party, you know, uh, you know, uh, with snacks mm-hmm. and, and goods. Any other suggestions that you might uh, throw out there for the kinder, for the children, for the younger generation? Great idea. There's a one element of Shabbos, which is really sometimes get overlooked. Shabbos is to have shalosh sudas, three meals. The third meal, especially in the winter, kind of get like washed away. <laughs> some people eat it in shul. They eat like some like, you know, processed tuna fish, maybe some roll. And at home, <laughs> I don't know, sometimes they, they eat shalosh sudas and they don't, or they eat a bowl of cereal. I try to make shalosh sudas the third meal which indicates that Shabbos is special, special. I buy a nice, good ice cream for dessert. I happen to be of German descent, so I wait three hours so we can have dairy, oh, even wow. in the winter. So, <laughs> most of you can't do that. It's a little perk. You'll have to you know, deal with mm-hmm. pyre of ice cream. But the summer's coming, and uh, 
You can buy really good delicacies. I buy it for Charlotte Schultz, so my kids look forward. They'll wash, they'll eat something, and they're waiting for that dessert for the ice cream. So Thank you. buy a good dessert, and uh, and or if I take my kid to the store, tell me what you want. We'll buy Shabbos treats. We'll buy it. They look forward to it. They love it. Yeah, that's very important that uh, we we build that love for Shabbat in our children and our future generations. Uh, Rabbi, we often hear about stories of having someone as a guest at someone's Shabbat table and how it changed their lives. But, uh, you know, connecting to what I just asked you about the children, but how does Shabbat impact one's own family? How do we impact the entire family with the greatness and the holiness of the Shabbat? <laughs> I'm going to tell you two stories. Sure. You're going to see how it can impact your family and how it could actually, if you don't do it right, it could actually, uh, it, can, it can be a ruination for your family. There was a guy... Uh, someone who learns by us. He's from Russia. Came to America when he was in his 30s. First time he came was a couple of weeks before Ashana. And his cousin set him up in Orsamat and Muncie. And came Ashana to set him up for meals. And he was really not getting into this Jewish thing, American, America. Says his first experience said that it is sheer. The rabbi was talking about kaparot. So you take a chicken and you put it over your head and you start swinging it. Said he's mid 30s. He came to America in the 1980s. He said, this, this is capital. This is capitalism. This American, you're crazy. You want to swing chickens over your head. I go back to Russia. <laughs> it wasn't going. He came for a uh, meal. It was Rosh Hashanah night. And they set him up at a family, a Hasidic family, 15 kids, married, singles. And the grandparents were there in wheelchairs. And the kids are running around. But they were taking very good care of the grandparents. They, came to, they started to sing songs. And the father came to make Kiddush and he held the cup up. All of a sudden, silence. Everyone's quiet. Everyone's listening to the father make Kiddush. And he's mesmerized. He never had such an experience in his life. He said, Wow, look at this. And the family, the children, and they're respectful. And the father's dressed nicely, the table set, and he's making Kiddush. He didn't know what it was, but he said this was incredible. And he went to the next meal, and the same thing happened in the Lindfish family. Then he went to the Sparty family. Then he went to this family. And every meal was another family, and he saw the same, not the same sight. But similar sites, and he saw what an impression it made on the family. So that's how great impression it can make. It impacted him. He's married. His children, his daughter just got engaged. So the, wow. uh, the effects are incredible. But here's another story. My Rebbe told me this story. There was a guy came to him, and he said, it's a disaster. My family's a disaster. I come to make Kiddush, and one kid is standing on a chair. The other kid is is screaming across the table, knocking things over. He says, what, what's going on? He said, just last week, one of my kids took a picture of a chain. He's swinging around his head. It hit the light fixture, shattered the glass all over the table. I'm trying to make kiddish. And, and then this one spilled the, the bottle. Another one screamed, pulled it, pulled it. He said, it's really bad. He <laughs> said, why is that? He says, I, I'm trying to make Malchus stick a kiddish. I'm trying to make a royal kiddish. And everyone's jumping in this. He said, Say that again. I try to make a malchus dika kiddush. He says, "What, what is a malchus dika kiddush?" Oh well, you stand there with the kiddush cup, and everyone's silent, and everyone has to listen, and I have to sing it really loud, and it must be awesome because it's so royal, and all the oros and lights and kedusha is coming down. And my rabbi looked at him and he said, "Your family's not the problem." You're the problem. Not a problem. <laughs> Your kids are hungry. 
They're tired. Your wife's tired. Your kids are hungry. They want to eat. You're standing there. You, you want everyone to be quiet and listen to your chazonis? And yet you're kiddish like that? He says, next week, make kiddish. Just go. Quit, say quick, and tell me what happens. Next week, the kiddish. Also, no one's listening. And the kid's not running around. He put him in kiddish. He make hamotzi. Boom, boom. And was, oh, relaxed. The kids were hungry. They wanted to eat. So we can talk about the spirit of Shabbos and an impression it makes, and it does make a great impression. But you have to, you can't just go through it in, in a mindless way where you think, unthinking about your family. Your family's there. And you want your family to be involved. So you can do that later. Postpone it. Do your singing for later. Let the kid, let, be cognizant of the ages and, and the needs of your family, of who's at the table. The impact it makes, it makes a severe impact. It can impress them or it can be rachic them. It can distance them. Amazing, Rabbi. Unbelievable. Reminds me of Perkei Avot. It says, that You should have uh, poor people a part of your house. But I saw a commentary that said they should be a part of the house. They shouldn't take over the house. You have to keep them under. You have family. You have your wife. You have the kids. You have to still engage them. Have them get involved. Excellent. And, uh, it's very, very important. Rabbi, this is so amazing. I, it's only Tuesday night, and I can't wait for Shabbos for Shabbat already. But like you said, every single day to look forward for it, try to buy something. We see something good in the supermarket. Try to get it. And the Kavit Shabbos is the honor of the Shabbat. So, Rabbi, if you could leave us with one Final message, one more gem, inspiring thought uh, about the Holy Shabbat. Uh, I'm going to tell you a Svas Emes. This Svas Emes touched me to the core, really got me very close to Shabbos. Okay. Tomorrow in, in Shabbat tells us that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, I have a special present for you in my storehouse. And it's called Shabbos. I want to gift it to you. So, okay, good. And Hashem takes them up there and gives them shouts. So as Emma says, we think, when we read that Gemara, that Hashem has his treasure, it's called Shabbos in the storehouse, in his treasure house, and he gave it to Moshe Rabbeinu to give to Kalei So We have Shabbos. He says that's, that's incorrect. The Gemara says Hashem says that the Shabbos is, is the present, it's in Hashem's treasure house. He gifted it to Kalei Yisrael that he allows us to enter his treasure house. Every Shabbos we are brought into Hashem's treasure house and that's really, really, really where we are in Shabbos. On Shabbat, we think we're here in Queens, in Passaic, in Lakewood, in Borough Park, in Yerushalayim, wherever you are. But you're really in Hashem's treasure house. Uh-huh. You're not just walking the street where you are. You're in a different zone. You're in a different dimension. And that's really what happens. You have a Nuni Shama. You're living in a different dimension. We have to connect to that. And you're, you feel it and your family feels it, but we have to know what we're really feeling. That's why people itch on Monday Shabbat. People want to go, go to the pizza store, go this, go do this, got to go out. What are they? Because they feel that they lost in the, in the Shabbat. Something's lost. And the, 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 it makes them crazy. They don't know what to do with themselves. We have to really realize what we have. I understand why the pizza store is always full of Shabbat. <laughs> <laughs> they're lacking something. They're looking for some. They're looking to fill the void that Joseph created. What a beautiful chidush. We're not going to find it in the mall. Not going to find it in the mall. You're going to find it. You got to find it inside yourself. Uh. The impact that Shabbos has on your family. It's a time to talk to your kids, to listen to them, to engage them, to 
let them be a participant, active part of that family, that table that you have. If you're blessed with a family, with kids, it's, it is so valuable. It is so important. And guests are important as well. But it can't override your family. You can have guests and it helps your family. Mm-hmm. Guests, they come, your, your kids see, you do invite guests over, but your kids, you can't ignore them now. You got to make sure that they are listened to and they get to express themselves and their opinions and let them talk what they what they want to talk about. Let them express their opinions because they're people. You right. got to let them do that. And that's our opportunity at a Shabbos table. We have to let them do. OK, you don't have to agree to their opinions. You don't have to agree. To the point is that they, you listen to them. You hear what they like. You hear what they say and you give them an ear. You treat them like a person. That makes the biggest, biggest impression upon them. Amazing. Rabbi Baruch Bodenheim Shlita. What a chizuk, what an inspiration. The spirit of Shabbat, a beautiful line, a quote that's been going around is that we should disconnect in order to connect. We put away our phones, our technology, yep. our work, and we get to connect to the ultimate source of Shabbat, which is the, 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 the essence, the source of all blessings. I want to thank you, Rabbi, for joining us on the Torah Talks program. I really appreciate it. It was really inspiring. We look forward to Mitzvah Hashem seeing each other in person. That you come speaking our days. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Amen. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Remeirev, Hashem should give you a trans bracha. Continue your incredible Avoraz HaKodesh. Marbit's Torah. Machazik. Strengthening people for Torah and Mitzvah and Amunah. And you should continue spreading. Continue Amen. reaching many, many more. Amen. Rabbi Shakarach, once again, Chazaka work. We really appreciate it. I uh, want to remind our broad audience about Chazak's main mission, which is to try to inspire and to guide and uh, the thousands of kids that are unfortunate in the public school systems and give them a Jewish education via after-school programs, Sunday school programs, teens division programs, or uh, best thing is to have them uh, join our yeshiva placement division where we guide them to a proper Jewish day school. Baruch Hashem, they got over a thousand children have already been transferred. If you have a family, friend, neighbor that has a kid that's looking for yeshiva, make sure to reach out to the Chazak headquarters, the Yeshiva Placement Division, Public School, the Yeshiva PSTY Division, uh, 718-285-9132. That's 718-285-9132. To partner with Chazak's holy work, whether it's the Shir, whether it's the basement or Sukkot, the, all the cure programs, etc. Make sure to visit givechazak.com, give G-I-V-E, chazak, C-G-Z-A-Q.com. Shout out and special thank you to our dear sponsors, dailygiving.org, an amazing, unbelievable organization where every dollar, every single day by thousands of people go to various different organizations. I believe it's over 50 organizations. Every 50 days, they, they, they get uh, the dollar from the thousands of people and it really makes a very big difference. If you're not a daily giver yet, make sure to go to dailygiving.org. And that's that. Until next week, Bezat Hashem, every single Tuesday, special guest at the Chazak Torah Talks. Shikach, and thank you very much once again to our special dear guest, Rabbi Baruch Bodenheim from Besaik, for the inspiring words of uh, the spirit of Shabbat. Everybody should have an amazing night and kalto.